Great to have everybody. We got a lot of people traveling. Of course, this is Memorial Day weekend, right? A lot of people traveling and uh, out of town and stuff. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day is always the last Monday of May, uh, honoring the men and the women who have died, gave their lives in service, uh, you know, in the service of the U.S. military. It's reported to have begun sometime uh, a little after the Civil War, but in 1971, it became official. Uh, as a national holiday, and uh, you know that's that's why we we are celebrating it now. Well, and also Memorial Day weekend is the beginning of summer, right? We have cookouts, and many people have parties tomorrow afternoon. And also, you know, it's when you start wearing summer clothes like white <laughs> and white shoes. And you know, I remember as a child, my mom would take me to Sanger Harris Department Store and we would buy white patent leather shoes for the summer. Mary Jane's, of that, course. That's what you wear to church. That's you what you would wear to church. Never for play, but for church. So, and then for whatever reason, Memorial Day weekend is the weekend to spend money. I mean, there's sales. There's sales upon sales upon sales. How many of you ladies got coals in the email or on in through the mail? I mean, just coals and, then there's appliances, cars, if you want to buy a new car, if you want to sign up to buy the new electric Ford truck, and then there's mattresses. mattresses. For whatever reason, it's a big weekend for mattresses. Yes. So it's, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's really great to really stop and honor those that have fought for our freedom. To, for us to be able to be where we are today it's really an honor to stop and consider them. Many men and women have put their lives in extreme danger for their comrades in arms, and in some cases, they gave their very lives that others might live. And you know what? We're sitting here because of those heroes. And so you know, but I do want to share about someone. Back about 2,000 years ago, in a small Middle Eastern country, that's exactly what happened. Someone gave his life so that others might live. And a closer look at this hero reveals some strong similarities to the heroes that we honor this weekend, but there's also some significant differences. Of course, I'm talking about Jesus. And Jesus, as we know, was the son of the carpenter, of Joseph, not, yeah. That was his name. Yeah. That was his name. Mary was his mother. <laughs> and Jesus was raised in Nazareth. And we know little or really not, we don't know much about his young life except the, you know, his birth and the visit of the Magi. And then when, you know, he wandered back into the temple and was talking and his mom and dad had to go looking for him. I'm sure mom was just kind of frantic because I would be. But after that, there's just a significant jump to his adult, adult life to where Jesus was with the people. He was with the Jews, and we see him with some Gentiles. But you know, who would have really expected such heroic actions from this man? Isaiah 53 is one of my favorite scriptures because it's the prophecy of Jesus. Actually, it starts in Isaiah 52, and just kind of it just flows, and it's beautiful. And so, but you know, there he tells us, Isaiah says that there was nothing about him physically that would have hinted at the possibility of any heroics. Not like how we picture our 
heroes today? Because, you know, when we think of heroes, you know, we think of the Avengers. We think of Black Panther. I mean, those that really go and save the world. Am I right? You know, the new Captain America and just, you know, all of those. But, like, but we do have heroes today that serve. And, and, and he, Jesus, he gave himself so that we could be free. You know, Jesus did put himself in harm's way. He endured the pain. He endured the suffering so that we get the benefit of having our sins forgiven, so that we get the benefit of having a relationship with our God. It was his choice. Philippians 2, 8 says that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And back in Isaiah 53, and this is... I, when I read this, I put my name in it, or I say I, I don't, so I don't know how you guys read it, but I'm going to read it as the scriptures say, but just think about putting your name in here. You know, surely Jesus, he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, for our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought our, us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And he did it willingly. He went to the cross willingly. As Isaiah continues, he says that Jesus was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before her shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In the book of Matthew, it records not once but twice Jesus responded to the pain and suffering that he was about to endure with the words, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Just as in the case of so many honored to, uh, in, the, in Memorial Day services all across our country, Jesus willingly endured this pain and suffering on the behalf of his people, all of us, Every person that's ever been created, Jesus endured the pain and suffering to the point of death. Paul says in Romans 5, verses 7 and 8, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But when we look at all of these things, we see that it's really at this point that the similarities, the comparison between Jesus as a hero, and the soldiers that, that, that are celebrated this, this weekend who gave their lives, this is where the, the comparison begins to get farther and farther and begins to fall short. Now, men and women for years and years have given their lives in, uh, in our country. They put their lives in danger, but they do it for the sake of their fellow soldiers, or they do it for the sake of, of uh, you know, this country or this cause, uh, and they do it fighting other human beings. Jesus' war was against a much more powerful enemy, a much more dangerous enemy and devastating. And ultimately, his victory was not for some hilltop or some, you know, uh, uh, objective, you know, ocean or body of water, an island, or even, you know, taking another country. His objective was one that would secure our very souls for eternity. His objective was a victory over the power of Satan. 
the victory over the power of sin in our lives, and ultimately a victory over death itself. And in that victory, the sacrifice that was made by Jesus inspired all of those who saw it, all of those who happened to be there to witness what happened. As a matter of fact, in one of his letters, the Apostle Peter, who was one of Jesus' uh, okay, lieutenants, if you will, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he wrote, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reasons, that, the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now later... Jesus cautions, and he gives an encouragement to us all when he said, be self-controlled and alert, because you know what? The enemy, the devil, your enemy, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, Peter said, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, why was it important? Why was he saying these things? Because Jesus had impressed upon him the seriousness of the battle and of the war that they were fighting. Jesus' sacrifice had inspired them. The real war, not the war with Rome, not the war, you know, to get freed from Roman oppression and all of that stuff. The real war. Matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, he said, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from the sinful desires which wage war against your soul. He's using these words, waging war, the enemy. He's prowling. He's looking for you. These, this imagery that Jesus, I mean, Peter draws helps us to understand. And Jesus' sacrifice inspired radical commitment from Peter, and from all of those who saw it and all of those who heard about it. I mean, the clearest, most dramatic example is the fact that all of his lieutenants, his, we call them apostles, right? His closest guys, all of them except once, gave their life like Jesus did for that battle. They willingly were ex executed, sometimes in very gruesome manners. And then later... As the persecution grew, thousands upon thousands chose death and even the death of their families instead of denying the truth about Jesus being the Lord. That's incredible commitment. That's incredible loyalty to our Lord. No matter what you think, guys, Jesus is real. Okay? The sacrifice is real. Our salvation is real. This is not just some church club. This is not just some social gathering with some spiritual stuff thrown in on the side. This is serious business. It's real, and the war in which we fight is real. Now, we memorialize Jesus' sacrifice for our freedom every week. We just did it a few moments ago. We remember Jesus. We remember his sacrifices. As T was pointing out to us, and that whole thing about if someone accused you of being a disciple, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I ask, 
If someone accused you of being a soldier in the Lord's army, would there be enough evidence? Do, you even, do we even look like soldiers? We remember him, we thank him, but do we honor him by doing what he asked us to do? Love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Those are his marching orders. That's his battle plan. But like so many today, we forget about the sacrifices, the real sacrifices, and we forget about the war. We forget about the battle going on. You know that one week after the Pearl Harbor attack, okay, one week, President Roosevelt said, those who long enjoy such privileges that we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. And I wonder if that's the way it is with us. Now, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's a time set aside to remember those, but truth is, is the farther and farther away we get from those major wars, the less and less we remember, the less and less we appreciate it. As a nation, we are not in an official war right now. Okay, now, yes, there's war on terrorism, there's war on drugs, there's war on inequality, there's war on poverty, there's battles and wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. I'm not trying to minimize these, but the last time that there was an official we declare war and the whole nation felt it and really went after it was World War II. That was where everybody understood this is war. It was just shy of 300,000 American lives lost in that conflict. We understood it then. But we in disciples, we are in an all-out war. And we are in an all-out war with Satan. And you better believe it. He knows it. He understands it. But we too for often forget about it. You know, and God tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 3 through 6. Sorry, I got by that. Um, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Again, he's saying we are in a war. We are in a spiritual battle. And the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. We are supposed to be fighting. We're su we, we are supposed to be fighting Satan every day because Satan wants to take each and every one of us down. Satan wants to mm -hmm. hurt us, destroy our faith, but also destroy the faith of those who are not yet saved. On the contrary, they, the weapons we fight with, have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We have the ability to do that. But do we, do we dare challenge the arguments and the pretensions that are out there in the world that oppose our God, that oppose the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus? Or do we let them lay and just be quiet because, well, we don't want to offend anyone? Remember that Paul said we can do this. We can oppose. We can speak. We can voice God's word with gentleness and respect. And I think about that scripture 
of how to speak the truth in love, or even from Ephesians 4.29, how to speak so that others can listen. We can do that because we have that power. We have the Holy Spirit that helps to give us the words to demolish those arguments. And we have to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that's a big one. Because do you realize how many thoughts go through your mind? Are you <laughs> like me? And it's just like, choo, 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 choo. And, and can you think back this week when you had victories that you caught those thoughts and you made them obedient to Christ? But can you also think of thoughts that, ah, uh, I'll let Satan get that one. I want you to this week think about, be aware of your thoughts so that you can demolish them because you have the power. We have the power. And many of us, you know, we don't, like Tracy said, we don't feel like we're in a war. We don't sometimes don't feel like we're in a spiritual battle because we don't see the battle. We don't feel the heat. We don't feel the fear of our enemy. You know, like in a, you know, there are people that join our military service, every branch. I don't, I should have looked up how many people are serving in our military at this time, but there's thousands upon thousands serving. And they're over there, they're fighting in different parts of the world to protect, you know, and they chose to go there. They chose that life. And they, their families get, are concerned about them. They protect one another. They're protecting others. That is true. And we're not, we don't feel those effects of that because we don't think about that battle. We don't think about that war of where they may be. But we are, we are on a battlefield now. And we're fighting against Satan and all of his little demons that want to hurt us and hurt anyone. We are in the battle, and we must be prepared. Now, I just want us to consider for a moment some of the infamous attacks in recent history. Pearl Harbor, that was, that was bad. Well, all of these are bad, so. Mm -hmm. um, but Pearl Harbor, Harbor, just how that took so many people by surprise. The World Trade Center in the Pentagon. How many of you remember where you were on 9-11 that morning? You know, and we all were comfortable. We thought everything was fine. I was ironing clothes to go to work. And wow, just seeing those towers start to fall. Or, you know, the Boston bombings that happened at the Boston Marathon. All those people were out there at the, at the finish line waiting and, you know, ready to go, woohoo! And then there's these bombs that go off. And the countless school shootings throughout our country. And I think about the Oklahoma bombing as well. And you know, nobody expected any of these. We were not at war with Japan, and, they, and we weren't expecting that attack. But after we declared war on Japan, they didn't even get close to Pearl Harbor. And nobody expected the 9-11 attacks. But since the whole world had put up security measures to keep something like that from happening again, we got prepared. And, but um, schools used to be centers for our communities. Colleges used to be places for our communities. And, but now schools are, are locked down from the beginning of the day to the end. Why? 
because we recognize the threat. We are at war, we make, and we make no mistake about that. And, but we've got to be diligent, even for us to be diligent in our souls, because we're at war with Satan. And we've got to take our enemy seriously, because you know what? He takes us seriously, because he wants, like I said, to hurt us. And we, when we think we can handle him or his temptations, we've already, have we lost the battle? When we flirt with sin, when we flirt with purity or morality or drunkenness, hatred, materialism, we open up ourselves for a fall. And when we don't take these sins and all sins seriously, we set ourselves up for defeat. And I know for me, I have to be well aware of that because you know it, where um, Jesus says you cannot serve both two masters, that other master is me. It's me. And I've got to be prepared about the, the attacks that Satan will make on me because I'm selfish. I'm not nice. I like to have my way all the time. So I have to be aware of those attacks because you know what? In my nature, I don't want to sacrifice. In my nature, I don't want to give anything up. But yet, Jesus is my Lord, and so I will. And in all warfare, it's only won by sacrifice. It's only won by sacrifice. You're not going to win a war by not sacrificing. Now, I know many in our congregation, you're very sacrificial in your giving. And I say amen. That's awesome. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we've worked it out. My contribution and my annual special missions contribution is in my budget. I've used to it. I've adjusted to it. It happens, but I don't feel it. I don't really even feel it anymore. My whole lifestyle has adjusted to that. At least I don't feel it like, you know, World War II when the whole nation had to go on rationing everything and stuff like that because there was a serious war going on. And so we understand, well, I, I sacrifice, but I go, you know, yeah, I could use that 10% of my income for something else, but I'm not suffering by not having it. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm trying to get you to up your contribution, okay? I'm saying that to help us to think, am I living like I'm in a war? Do I really have that mindset? Certainly, we understand that there's hard times. Josh and Michelle are in uh, Milwaukee today. If you know, they've been every weekend out trying to recruit people to go with them to Springfield to be with that church and to help with that church. They're having a hard time finding people. The number one reason I hear people don't want to go to Springfield is, who wants to live in Springfield? I don't want to live in Springfield. A guy. There are all kinds of reasons, good reasons that someone shouldn't or couldn't go on a mission team, but I don't want to live there it should not be one of them. If I'm really in a war, the soldier doesn't get to pick his battlefield. Okay? And as we think about going on, churches across the Midwest are scrambling, trying to find people to go into the ministry. And they can't find them. And again, there are many reasons why someone shouldn't go into the ministry. But when I hear things like, yeah, but I just want to pursue my career. I can make more money over here. That should not be one of the reasons. Not for someone who says, I'm in a war. We're in a war. For most of us, living the Christian life is easy. I mean, if we really think about it. It's easy. We don't experience any serious persecution or hardship. We don't experience 
real sacrifice? Okay, our schedules are a little bit fuller than if it wasn't, right? Not much, though. <laughs> and we do our best, you know, the elders, we do our best to keep things at a minimum. It's nowhere near where it was 30 years ago, those of you who were around then, right? Those of you who weren't, okay, if you were a Bible talk and or house church leader, that meant you went to church on Sunday morning, you had a meeting on Sunday night, you had a Bible talk every week, of course everybody had that, you had a house church every week, if you were single or campus, you had a campus devo, you had no less than three different discipleship partners plus whoever was discipling you, all going on. Plus you were, you know, carrying two, three, four Bible studies. That happened, that was the norm. And I'm not saying we need to go back to that. But one thing that Phyllis and I, when we were talking about this, we said, you know what it did though? It made me feel like we were in a battle. It made me feel like this was important. It, it, my life was this war. War wasn't something I did at 10.30 on Sunday morning. It really put it out there for us. Nowadays though, Let's just think about it, guys. Many of us miss services, D groups, house churches, getting together to strengthen one another, to formulate battle plans, if you will, to build one another up for almost anything. I had someone recently say, hey, man, I'm, I'm busy. I got things to do. Going, dude, are we in a war or have we forgotten that our Memorial Day hero died for this cause. He died so that we could live. Like Peter said, and that was 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, be alert and of sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, is looking to devour you. He said, wake up. Be alert. See, some of us, we've been lulled into a false sense of security and safety. Oh, yeah, everything's nice. Everything's okay. We, don't, we forget. There's a, there's a devil out there. He's prowling around, and he's looking. And he wants you, and he wants your kids, and he wants your grandkids. He's selfish that way. Yeah. And he says when he will devour. You know what happens when you get devoured? You become a part of whoever devours you. Some of us are so much, we give, we're just so much a part of Satan, we don't even feel it or realize it anymore. You know we're coming out of a pandemic prayerfully, hands and fingers crossed, you know? <laughs> and that has unfortunately sidetracked us in this last year and a half. It's been a while. And we've been distracted by social issues, understandably so, and these social issues affect our lives, but yet we've also have just seen the uh, spiritual issues neglected that really have really caused many souls to be lost. And we've got to get back to being, being aware of that spiritual war that we are in. We've got to get back to sharing the good news of Jesus. We've got to get back to sharing about what God has done in our lives. We've got to get back to saying, this is how God healed me. This is how God saved me. Get back to sharing our testimonies. We've got to get back to sharing about the mighty warrior Jesus who paid the last full measure of devotion so that we are 
free. We are free to have a wonderful relationship with God in whose image we are created. We get back to having that. We are free to, to live as God wants us to live. We've got to share our faith and invite people into our worship, invite people into our homes to, to, for our house churches or going out to dinner with, with brothers and sisters from our house churches. We've got to invite people to study the Bible. You know, God has told us that we already have weapons that, that have the divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, hatred, we have that weapon to demolish it. Racism, we have that weapon to demolish it. Hopelessness, we have that weapon to demolish it. But we must engage. We must all be engaged. We must go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Will it take sacrifice? Absolutely. All warfare does. But the battle's already won. The battle's already won. We just have to go and fight it. So that's what we've got to think about. And that's what we want you to think about on Memorial Day. Yes, we respect and we appreciate what we enjoy because of those who have sacrificed their lives in this world for our country. But let us not forget our real hero and what he sacrificed for us and the freedoms that we have but understand that he did that and he said guys you got to join the fight with me now we got to start taking sin seriously in our lives taking it seriously matter of fact okay I'm gonna be controversial don't take sin seriously take temptation seriously because if you take temptation seriously enough sin takes care of itself Deal with it on a temptation level, but get serious about it. None of that, oh, this is not so bad. Oh, this is not. Watch out. Be sober-minded and alert. And take sin seriously in each other's lives. Start talking to one another about what's going on. Like soldiers are saying, hey, it's not safe over there. Hey, you're in, you're in the sniper zone. Get out of there. Like soldiers trying to take care of one another. We've got to start doing that in our lives and in the war that we are in. We've got to get honest with each other. And evangelism, like Miss Phyllis said, that E word, right? Sharing what our mighty warrior has done. Reaching out. And as we wake up from this fog of COVID caution, we've got to wake up to the false security that Satan isn't real, that he's not attacking me. It's not that hard. That's a lie. We got to understand that, yeah, we are in a war. This is a war zone. And it's real. And regardless of the cost and regardless of the sacrifice, we got to be willing to honor Jesus' death with our lives. Because he died that those who live should not live for themselves, but for him who gave himself for them. Jesus is our hero. We got to respect his cause. Respect why he died and recommit our lives to that cause and that purpose and fighting the battle for which he gave his life.